this is uh, this is March 1st, 2008, and we're actually we're going to look at three lessons. I we didn't get far enough last week to, uh, through the Shimon Esrei, so this is the second uh, portion of the Shimon Esrei. We'll start with the eighth blessing, but before we do that, let's uh, let's bless the Lord. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to come before you. We thank you for prayer. We thank you, Father, for its its. Uh, it's assurance to us of your love and your care for us that you have told us that you will listen to us and that you hear us. Father, we thank you that you have given us direction in how to pray. We thank you that you've given us your holy word that speaks and reveals who you are. And we, Father, we thank you that uh, in our speaking back of your words to you, that we are satisfied that you accept them. And we thank you for this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Um, I've written on the, this is kind of hard to read, so I kind of wrote it over there too. Uh, forgive my my cryptic writing. Okay, yeah. So it's a it's a yod, a sheen, a uh, vav kolam, a uh, which is a god, a vav kolam. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, um, which means that it's a dotted vowel that gives it a vowel sound of ooh. Yeah. A ayin, and I didn't put any other vowels in there, an ayin and a hey. That is, that is not, that is not the name Yeshua, that is the noun Yeshua, uh, which is feminine. And, uh, uh, and in the prayers you'll find that oftentimes it's not just a salvation, it is a specific salvation, uh, which has a tav on the end, and it's also owned by, it's your salvation, Yeshua Techa. Uh, one of the blessings that we're going to talk about uh, today or, or next week will be, uh, has, has that word a lot in it. Uh, when you hear it, when, you're, when you hear other people praying it in Hebrew, it can be rather stunning knowing your master's name. Let me uh, let me read this to you. This is from uh, this is from Shacharit for Shabbat. The Lord your God is true and certain, established and enduring, fair and faithful, beloved and cherished, delightful and pleasant, awesome and powerful, correct and accepted, good and beautiful is this affirmation to us forever and ever. True, the God of the universe is our King. The Rock of Jacob is the shield of our salvation. From generation to generation he endures, and his name endures, and his throne is well established. His sovereignty and faithfulness endure forever. His words are living and enduring, faithful and delightful forever, and to all eternity, for our forefathers and for us, for our children and for our generations, and for all the generations of your servant Israel's offspring. Upon the earlier and upon the later generations, this affirmation is good and enduring forever. True and faithful, it is an unbreachable decree. It is true that you are the Lord our God and God of our forefathers, our King, the King of our forefathers, our Redeemer, the Redeemer of our forefathers, our Molder, the Rock of our salvation, our Liberator and our Rescuer. This has ever been your name. There is no God but you. The helper of our forefathers are you alone forever, shield and savior for their children after them. In every generation, at the zenith of the universe is your dwelling, and your justice and your righteousness extend to the ends of the earth. Praiseworthy is a person who obeys your commandments and takes to his heart your teaching and your word. True. 
You are the master for your people and the mighty king to take up their grievance. True, you are the first and you are the last. And other than you, we have no king, redeemer, or savior. From Egypt you redeemed us, Lord our God. And from the house of slavery you liberated us. All their firstborn you slew, but your firstborn you redeemed. The sea of reeds you split, but wanton sinners you drowned. The dear ones you brought across, and the water covered their foes. Not one of them was left. For this, the beloved praised and exalted God. The dear ones offered hymns, songs, praises, blessings, and thanksgivings to the King, the living and enduring God, exalted and uplifted, great and awesome, who humbles the haughty and lifts the lowly, withdraws the captive, liberates the humble, and helps the poor, who responds to his people upon their outcry to him. Praises to the Supreme God, the Blessed One, who is blessed. Moses and the children of Israel exclaimed a song to you with great joy. And they all said, Micha mocha be'elim Adonai. Who is like you among the heavenly powers, Lord? Who is like you, mighty in holiness, too awesome for praise, doing wonders? With a new song, the redeemed ones praised your name at the seashore. All of them in unison gave thanks, acknowledged your sovereignty, and said, The Lord shall reign for all eternity. Rock of Israel, arise to the aid of Israel and liberate as you pledged Judah and Israel. Our Redeemer, Lord, Master of Legions is his name, is the Holy One of Israel. Blessed are you, Lord, who redeemed Israel. Amen. That is, the, uh, that is actually also during the weekday uh, service of Shacharit. It is the predecessor. It is the, it is the prayer that immediately precedes the Shemona Esrei, the 18 benedictions. Uh, whether you recognize it or not, it was almost entirely scripture. It was parts and pieces from all over. Psalms. I think there's part from the book of, well, Exodus, the part from the book of Esther's in there. <laughs> is it different than the weekend to the Shabbat? No, actually, that one's the same. You know, the big difference between a lot of the prayers, that, uh, I shouldn't say the big difference, the difference between, you know, a, a Siddur is pretty big. This is a complete, which has supposedly everything, which it doesn't, but <laughs> supposedly has everything. Uh, but you find a lot of things repeated. Shimon Esrei is probably five or six times throughout this book. Slightly different, different, different arrangement of words here and there. Slightly different. Uh, but it's repeated so that the differences. So the Shacharit, uh, Shimon Esrei, uh, for weekdays, morning prayers for weekdays, the 18 benedictions, is slightly different from the evening variation, and slightly different from, well, the Shabbat variation is very different, because there's only only seven benedictions. Last week we got through seven of the weekday benediction, the blessings. Through seven. The last one, uh, if you got your notes from last week, uh, we'll use those and then we'll move into the notes from this week. Um, the, uh, what was the seventh one? Uh, prayer for forgiveness, right? Yes, I'm sorry, redemption. Is that right? And did I get through eight? No, petition for healing. Yeah, prayer for redemption. Actually, we, I think we only got through uh, six then. The uh, scriptures for uh, Shlicha, uh I think we started through those. That's uh, for, um, for forgiveness. So we'll start with redemption, the seventh blessing. Um, blessing for redemption is a petition for physical and spiritual aid from the Almighty. As you can see, just in that, that prayer that I, that I read, actually just just now actually has a lot of talking about redemption um, you know something one of the problems when you use the word salvation or redemption uh, among different religious groups you arrive at different 
understandings of what that word is. In fact, dramatic differences. If you watch TV, which we, we did back during uh, several years ago, I think it was what, three years ago, two years ago, at, uh, uh, when Gush Katif, or when the uh, Gaza was emptied of all Jews, when uh, the Israeli government went in and forced all Jews out of their homes uh, and, and made them move uh, north, um, a lot of times, you know, even the CNN or American News had people, uh, it showed them praying. And they, or, or they would be speaking even in Hebrew and then sometimes you'd hear people praying or speaking in English and they would use words that you know, just didn't seem to fit you know, we're praying for salvation you know, we're waiting for the final redemption you know, this is a sign of the final redemption and, you, and a lot of Christians around the world were scratching their heads going, what are they talking about? they think they're going to get saved by, by staying in the land and I would have to say Absolutely. <laughs> the question is, what do you mean by the word saved? What do you mean by the word redemption? We like to think of things in, in spiritual terms at the expense of physical terms. It's our, it's our Western way. It's not best, but it works for us in a way. It's not the Bible way. The Bible way says... We, have a, we live in a spiritual world and we live in a physical world. And they're not split. They're united. And we need to understand that redemption, physical redemption, physical salvation, has bearing on spiritual redemption and spiritual salvation. What is it that I read in that prayer was talking about being redeemed from Egypt, being rescued from Egypt, in dramatic and physical ways supernatural but physical they were physically plucked out of a land that they were slaves and taken to a land that was promised to their forefathers our forefathers we're supposed to remember it's us it's amazing when you think about why do we spiritualize it I mean it has all sorts of spiritual implications but why does it only mean something to us spiritually you have to understand part of this idea of going through these prayers is to remember that sometimes uh, this daily this three times daily reminder of what God has done for us in the past applies to us spiritually and physically so when people are praying for redemption they're talking about redemption from what what is coming against us now and what comes against us in the future, both in the physical and in the spiritual way. Go to Exodus chapter 6, uh, verse 6. And I, Actually, I included this. If you go down to uh, scriptures for redemption, it says, Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. And with great judgments, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of Egypt. I hope you're preparing for Passover. This is the Passover service. Alright? These are the four I wills. I will. I will. I will. God says, I will. He doesn't say, if you will, I will. He says, I will. Uh, and when he says I will he means it you see I have the word Hashem there 
that is his most holy name in the Hebrew would be four letters a yod, a he, a vav and a he and in English we often just simply say Lord to keep it sacred it's interesting though his holy name he says I will bring you out I will rescue you I will redeem you with an outstretched arm I will take you as my people I will be your God he doesn't make it conditional is this not a great place to plant your hope and your faith that he says I will so the redemption is, a, is like a guarantee who gets it say to the children of Israel it's no wonder Israel prays these prayers it's like I'm Israel I get to pray these prayers that's what they say I, you know, he did this and we were the least of all the people and he chose us we, we, we were wanting sinners and he forgave us right it's powerful isn't it now you know why people in the first century Gentiles all around the, all around the land of Israel said how can I get in how can I get in? It's because of his promise to Abraham that they could say these things, that they could pray these things, that they could understand when he said, I will, that he was speaking to them. Because he promised Abraham. That's what he said. I heard them. I remembered my promise. Um, interestingly enough, in this uh, seventh blessing talking about for your namesake do you believe that Israel scattered among the nations around the world today and in the past is a desecration of the name of God it is it's a desecration of the name of God why? because he promised to take them to the land well it's a yet future thing so it's a desecration he is willing to endure because he said he would he would scatter them too but until they're united in the land all Israel it's a desecration to his name it's a remarkable thing when you think about it most Jews do not care about living in the land of Israel I say most and that's true most why? it's a promised land it's the, it's the land promised by God well but it's dry and it's dusty it takes too much work <laughs> it's dangerous <laughs> it's the land <laughs> do you understand it doesn't matter if it's just rocks or dirt does God care about rocks or dirt that rocks and dirt he does because it's tied to the promise part of redemption is has to recognize this so when people say I'm waiting for the final redemption that means I'm waiting for the promises to be fulfilled everything that he promised has been done now we like to think in terms of spiritual only we have to recognize that it's not just spiritual only it has physical it has a physical representation the final redemption our master Messiah Yeshua reigning as king over the universe from his throne in Jerusalem will be shown when everybody has in fact turned their eyes to Jerusalem when Israel is dwelling in the land in peace and safety wow is that just like so when I'm praying for the final redemption when I'm praying this blessing for redemption I'm praying for 
him to do what he said he would do. Uh, here's the scriptures. The next one was, With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you. That's Isaiah 54, 8. And it says, Says the Lord, your Redeemer. Uh, from that blessing that I, that I, uh, that I read, says he's our only redeemer only redeemer Isaiah tells us there is only one savior one questions on uh, on redemption let me read it I should read it I should read it before I ask for if there's any questions here I'm on Shabbat, so I have to go back to weekday. Or excuse me, I have to go to weekdays here. Behold our affliction. Take up our grievance and redeem us speedily for your namesake. For you are a powerful redeemer. Blessed are you, Lord, redeemer of Israel. Uh, the next one's health and healing. This is uh, this is number eight, health and healing, or uh, petition for healing. This is for healing. Uh, this is again, uh, you know, it, we, we we need spiritual healing. We need physical healing too. This this is a this uh, as as I'm going to remind you as we go through all these. This is not just talking about spiritual blessings. This is talking about blessings of healing, physical healing as well as spiritual healing. Um, it's, and it's also not just for an individual, it's for corporate. Uh, it's corporately, it's uh, collectively. Uh, the first usage of the word Rapha is Exodus 20:17, And uh, we learned that sometimes sickness is, in fact, associated with sin. Uh, that is offensive to us in a way, because we don't want to think that, hey, wait, I'm sick and it's because I sinned. Uh, sometimes that's true. A perfect example is if you, uh, if you uh, engage in some immoral activities, you will in fact suffer a, possibly suffer from sickness associated with that immoral activity. That's like, duh, right? Also, is that sin associated with that sickness? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's the most extreme example where you can say, well, that's obvious. Well, does that mean all sickness is associated with sin? Ultimately, yes, but maybe not your sin. Right? right? right. There is no sickness except because we, mankind, sinned against God. So, in a way, when we ask for healing, what are we asking for? We're asking for the effects of our sin, whether it's directly connected or not, to somehow be mitigated. That's, that's really good when you think about we've already confessed our sin earlier, right? Asked for forgiveness. Committed earlier on, committed ourselves to him in loyalty. Told him that we would follow him, love him, and follow him with all our heart. Now we say, will you heal me? I made a mistake. Maybe this isn't, this isn't caused by my sin directly, but will you heal me? Abraham prayed for others. So that when you pray this prayer, health and healing, when you pray uh, for this uh, refuah, 
this, this blessing. You are, in fact, not just praying for yourself or for others specifically, but maybe you are praying for someone specifically. Uh, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 20, uh, verse 17 through 18, Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And then Deuteronomy 32:39. Now see that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill and make alive. I wound and heal. Nor is there anyone who can deliver from my hand. That's Deuteronomy 32:39. And Hosea 14:4. 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For mine anger is turned away from him. Their spiritual healing, right? Um... This is this is the actual uh, this is the actual uh, blessing from uh, this is the weekday as well. Heal us, Lord, then we will be healed. Save us, then we will be saved. This is that word, Yeshua. For you are our praise. Bring complete recovery for all our ailments. For you are God, King, the faithful and compassionate Healer. Blessed are you, Lord, who heals the sick of His people, Israel. That was almost all scripture from four different sources. Um, questions on healing? Yes. I'm reading from a, and it's, I'm reading the English translation, so it's not, uh, it's not a uh, uh, necessarily completely faithful to the Hebrew. This is an art scroll sedur. Um, reading from uh, uh, the Hebrew would be very ancient. The English is a modern translation. Thanks. So he said we can pray for other people to be healed. So we're sinners. They're sinners. We're always sinners. How can I pray for another person to be healed? That's good. That's very good. If you go back to the uh, blessing for repentance and forgiveness, bring us back, our Father, to your Torah. Bring us near our King to your service. And influence us to return in perfect repentance. These are corporate prayers. Most, by the way, these are. This is called the silent prayer. When it's prayed personally, it's silent. You don't say it out loud. And the sixth prayer, you're restored. That's right. But you're praying. I mean, imagine, imagine if we. And I'm not talking about just this congregation. If we, those who are of the body of Messiah, truly believe that if one of us hurts in sin all of us hurts how would we how would we uphold one another um, sometimes it looks ugly from the outside world where how dare you judge me you know uh, I can do whatever I want I'm a priest uh, in the in the holy temple of God uh, my own body is uh, is, a, is, a, is a temple and, and I'm doing what I think's right how dare you tell me I should stop sinning See, that sounds, I mean, people would get offended. But what is true love? Leviticus tells us that true love is expressed so that when you see a brother, First John says it too, when you see a brother in sin, you go to him. Why? Because you don't want that person to suffer, but you don't want the body to suffer either. It's a corporate thing. Sin affects us corporally. Our own personal sin affects the group, even if the group never knows about it. 
kind of scary when you think about it. Listen to the, the to the the one right after that when we ask for forgiveness. Forgive us our forgive us our Father for we have erred. Pardon us our King for we have willfully sinned. So when we ask for healing corporately and for other people, it's on the basis that well, if you forgive sin, which is a true offense to you. Can you mitigate? Can you can you smooth? Can you heal the effects of sin? Of course he can. Of course he can. Will he? That's what we're asking. Will he? And he says that he will. And that's why you can pray this with confidence. Does it mean my own personal sickness may be healed? No. It may not be. Uh, we still decay and die. That's the effects of sin. Does it mean that he brings healing to us corporately absolutely without question absolutely the, the effects of what Jesus did that's right has redeemed us from the curse of the law that's right God created us body and spirit that's right he didn't just create the spirit and doesn't just care for the that's spirit that's right the Lord is for the body and the body is for the Lord amen um, that's absolutely correct you know we, we should not simply say well I just can't wait till I get to heaven. I'll you know, put, take off his old broken body and put on a nice and new one. Of the last thing to be <laughs> That's right. Corrected. Absolutely. You know, we are we are forever going to have a body. Well, we may have a moment where we don't, but <laughs> we're forever going to have a body. It's part of us, and the fact that we should not simply surrender. Well. This is just the way it's going to be. I guess I'm just going to get sick and old and die. Chop my head off for Jesus. That's right. (laughs) Martyrdom, that's that's a great point. Martyrdom is the extreme. You know, there's only several things, there's only several things traditionally that it's acceptable to disobey God for. Everything else, those several things you're willing to die for. Everything else, life is more important. It's true. Life is more important. Here, eat this pig. Thank you very much. (laughs) <laughs> well, I should let me rephrase that. Here, eat this pig or die. <laughs> if they say here, eat this pig, I'll say no, thank you very much. But if they say here, eat this pig or die, I say thank you very much. Can I have some more? That's right. Why? Because life is more important. This this is part of this idea. Don't ever get anyone talking you into the idea that it just doesn't matter. It does matter. Life does matter. This life matters. It matters enormously. It matters eternally, doesn't it? I mean, think about how important each and every person's life is eternally. And, and when you start, people start giving up into sickness or giving up into, uh, into, a, into, into the idea that, well, you know, that's just part of life. No, don't accept it. Ask for healing. The promise for physical healing is not singular. He says, I will heal your diseases. And he will. He doesn't say, I will heal all of your diseases. Yeshua, when he was on earth, did not heal everyone. He didn't. He didn't even heal everyone that was around him. 
And now I hear that a lot. It's like, well, you have to go ask, and then maybe, you know, then if you ask, he will, because everybody that came to him got healed. He did not heal everyone around him. So if, oh, if I ask for, I ask for healing, then... You may personally receive healing, but if you ask for healing for us, we will receive healing. Not all physical, but we will receive healing. Absolutely. The effects of our sin will be removed from us. I get the idea of us. I know, it's just, yeah. But I don't get the idea of um, he healed all our diseases by his wounds we healed. So I don't understand. Well, I mean, most people would just simply take that as a spiritual thing. And I would say it's not just a spiritual thing. Other people would say it's a purely physical thing. There, there are branches of, of, uh, of, of denominations that say, well, he'll heal all our diseases. And by his stripes we were healed. That means that, that, that the work at the cross gave us physical healing and therefore we can claim it. If you claim it, you'll be healed. You know, come forward and get knocked down on the ground and you're healed. Uh, and, and that is not consistent with Scripture. No, absolutely not. But did it mean that as well? Yes. In other words, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's both. both. We get spiritual healing and we get physical healing because it's the effects of sin. As long as you this, we have hope. We have hope. That's right. You know, and as long as you're alive, you can be healed. Right? And after you die, you definitely be healed. Absolutely. We prayed that, didn't we? We read that prayer earlier. The prayer for, and if you listen to it, His might, you are eternally mighty, my Lord, the resuscitated dead enter you, abundantly able to save, who sustains the living with kindness, resuscitates the dead with abundant mercy, supports the fallen, heals the sick, releases the confined, and maintains His faith of those asleep in the dust. Do you understand His might in, in resurrection is expressed, and every time He heals someone physically, He is is expressing that resurrection might. It is the ultimate expression of his power to resurrect the dead. And when he undoes the effects of sin in our physical bodies and we receive physical healing, he's exercising that same might to resurrect the dead. Because it is the death. Sin came because we or death came because we sin. Sickness is a expression of death. Mm-hmm. So if he resurrects the dead, and he will, and he does, then healing is that same exercise of power. So when you receive healing, physical healing, when you know of somebody that receives physical healing, whether they prayed or not, he, you are seeing the effects of resurrection power. That's, that's pretty cool when you think about it, isn't it? How do I know if you will heal me or not if I pray? You see... Uh, you know, those are probably <laughs> those are probably answers I can't give you. Because with my eyes, I see that people still remain sick. Myself, I still see that I'm still getting sick. Right? I didn't get the healing. Well, if I only think in terms of science, then I guess that I'm I have my place my faith in something falls. We, we, we tend to want healing because we think that's the best thing for us. It's true. And so we don't see from the Lord. I mean, Rabbi Shul, he was ill. He had a infirmity. That's right. He asked for the healing. 
He never got healed. That's right. Why? I don't know. We don't know these things. But God uses that to glorify Himself. That's good. And so there's some things that we will not be healed from because it's up to Him to decide whether or not you will or not. Your, your petition is heard. Yet, He may say no. Their, their way. I'll hear you when I resurrect you. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't need to speak for him. We know that's true. The last healing is when that's right. That's the last one. Amen. Amen. The other, yes. see, the other way I see things is it's like a way God shows to be depending on Him. That's right. Sometimes we try to, when we're okay, we just forget about about Him and to praise Him and thank Him for that beautiful blessing, which is hell. That's right. And and as Paul had his. Yes. He has mm-hmm. God, okay, I depend on you. That's right. I agree. Absolutely. I believe that what it says in God, let us make man in our image, they say us, because man, he wanted that relationship that's right. with man. He did. And, and that's what, what it's, you know, that's what traditionally believe in, in Judaism. Yes, ma'am. Then in turn, can people say, uh, well, the reason you're not getting healed is because you're sinning. It's possible, but I think that would be a kind of a... You better do a little bit... It's, I think it's a lot cruel. I think you better do a little bit more investigation before you say something like that. <laughs> it's possible, sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, excuse me, huh? Sorry. No, it's all right. Just to wrap up with So, the conclusion is that we shouldn't pray for... A person who is sick, which is we should. I was, I'm gonna let me get let me get to that in a second. This is a corporate prayer. This is a corporate prayer. Heal us, Lord, then we will be healed. He says, "I will heal you." Uh, so heal us, then we will be healed. Save us, then we will be saved. For you are our praise. You are our praise. Bring complete recovery for all, all our ailments. For you are God, King, the faithful and compassionate healer. healer. Blessed are you, Lord, who heals the sick of his people, Israel. My own self, when I get to that part of Shimon Esrei, praying by myself, I stop and do not move to the next blessing until I quietly pray for those people that I've committed to pray for, for physical healing. Sometimes a little spiritual healing, too. But physical healing. Yes, I pray. I, I name their names. Yeah. Why? I've entered into the Holy of Holies in a way. I've come with the praise of the Holy of Holies on my lips. What a perfect opportunity. I have the attention of the King of the Universe to mention the names of the people that matter to me. So it's my own personal way of stopping and adding. Uh, traditionally, if you look, there is a there is a there is at the bottom of your art scroll. If you have an art scroll to do it, there is traditionally this is the. I mean, follow the rules or not, this is actually one of the rules you can you can pause and mention people's names. Yeah. Questions? Let's move on then. Any other questions? Excuse me. Hey, that's got to when you say we pray for healing, physical healing.
because the because the scripture that they used is plural, they were written to retain the plural. It's not that you can't pray this privately for yourself and for others, but these were designed, these were arranged in such a way to be a corporate expression. We're asking for corporate healing when we pray for this, in addition to personal and private healing. Let's move on. The ninth one is for years. This is what it's called for years. Uh, it's, uh, in, the, in, in English, it's called also years, a year of prosperity. It's for the years, <coughs> because it actually mentions years. It's interesting here. It says, uh, it focuses upon the land specifically, which is another reason why I read that blessing at the beginning uh, of our discussion today. It focuses on the land specifically, and it because it's part of the Messianic promises from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Uh, denominations that remove themselves from a Zionist perspective, that on, honestly the English usage of that word, the modern usage of that word is what I'm speaking of, that is the belief that somehow Jews have a right to live in the physical land given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that it is, it, it is desirable that they be ingathered there. We be ingathered there. Because of that, they have removed themselves from some of these blessings. They have to allegorize all of these things. When it talks about in Deuteronomy chapter 30, specifically Deuteronomy 30 is a tremendous messianic prophecy about the end times. If you believe in hope for salvation for all Israel, as Paul talks about in Romans chapter 11, then you should believe that Deuteronomy 30 has specific meaning in prophecy. That God will gather all Israel to the land. That he will circumcise our hearts. That we will follow him faithfully. I mean, these are, these are tremendous things. The dark days of Deuteronomy, the, the curses and the blessings that are mentioned are very depressing until you get to Deuteronomy 30. And this is why the sages of Israel looked at this and said, this is what we need to place our focus upon. We will stray, we will sin, but God will redeem us in spite of it. In spite of it. I mean, that's, you know, we know our ways. We know that we want to, we know that we want our way. Isn't it comforting to know that God says, no, I have called you mine. You are mine. I've set my love upon you. I will never let you go. That's comforting to me. That's what this is speaking of, this blessing for years. It is a focus on the messianic promises. It blesses the Almighty for His promises to bless our years. Our calendar is not man's calendar. It is His calendar. Even the use of the word calendar gives me chills. But I have no other English word to use. The years. (laughs) It's not calendar. It's years. The years. The appointed times in the years. The seven years. The 50 years. Each week is part of the years. All of these are what it's speaking of. This petition demands a broken and contrite heart. In other words, we must recognize that it is because of our sin we have not experienced His blessing, earlier Deuteronomy, but that His blessings will come in spite of our disobedience. Uh, We cannot... uh, Expect rain without obedience on our part. This is a blessing for rain. Uh, one of the things we talked about with the, sh- with the Shema, 
the second paragraph of the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 11 speaks specifically about this. If you will obey me, there will be rain. If you will obey me, your cattle will have, will have grass. If you will not obey me, the sky will be like bronze. Yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is pretty obvious. This is a result of my disobedience. But when we're praying this, this demands a contrite heart. We've asked for forgiveness. And here it is. Bless on our behalf, O Lord our God, this year and all its kinds of crops for the best. And give dew and rain for a blessing of the face of the earth. And satisfy us from your bounty and bless our year like the best years. Blessed are you, Lord, who blesses the years. There's a, there was a theological movement began... Uh, it began in the garden, but uh, unfortunately with the sin of man. But it really began uh, in earnest in the 70s, and the idea of, of prosperity theology. If you'll just, you know, if you'll just follow God, you know, you all, all your riches, you'll have all these riches, you know. I mean, you could buy a big screen TV, and you'll be driving a, a Lexus, and all this great stuff. And unfortunately, the only people that did all that with the people that were saying it and all the people that gave all their money didn't get any of it. <laughs> this is a prosperity bless this is this prayer is a prayer for prosperity. This is actually but what is prosperity tied to? This is what the prosperity teachers never taught you. Obedience. Obedience. Period. So if we did salvation or redemption is not tied to that. No. That's right. Good. Uh, boy, I, I thought I was going to get further along. Uh, let's go ahead and finish this real quick, though. Uh, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what do you seek? The kingdom of God and his righteousness? Remember? What is the kingdom of God? Repent. King is coming, right? Repent and his righteousness. This is righteousness. It will be righteousness unto you. Deuteronomy chapter 6. It will be righteousness unto you if you will keep all my commandments. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your temple I left out the, bless, uh, the scripture there it's actually from uh, the Psalms boy we're going to have to really go fast next week to get through the next nine <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> I don't have an answer for that let's close and thank him for his word and for uh, wise men who uh, gave us compiled these for us Father we do thank you for all that you give us we thank you for your blessings your uh, blessings that you have heaped upon us the promises of your word Father when we examine and when we consider them we are uh, we are left in awe that you uh, have found favor in us and Father that you have uh, promised these things to us Uh, Father for we know that we do not deserve it we know that we have uh, sinned against you that we have been willful and yet you have said that you love us and that you desire our good Father may your love and your kindness towards us your salvation and redemption for us motivate us and spur us on to ever greater obedience. Father, we pray this in the name of our Master, Yeshua. Amen.